What's up everyone and welcome to another episode of In The Roots. It's your girl Tatiana and I'm back. Man, welcome to December everyone. We have made it to the final month of 2020. In a year that has not felt like a year but felt like five years, we made it to the end y'all. We made it. So everybody hang in there. There's a vaccine on the way for those that are interested. Continue to wear a mask, social distance. Just be careful around this holiday season and we will get through this. Hopefully 2021 is looking up for us and we will be able to return to normalcy once the calendar flips to 2021. But in the meantime, there's still sports being played. There's still things to talk about. So let's just hop right into it and we start with the football game last night, Ravens Steelers. Any other time of the year, Ravens Steelers would be a good matchup, good two good teams going at each other, but both teams are going in a different direction. Steelers entered the game last night 10 and 0, Ravens entered the game last night 6 and 4. And you might say, "Well, wait a minute. Why was there an NFL game played on Wednesday?" Well, I'm glad you asked because since late last month, the Ravens have had positive tests every single day. They've had positive COVID-19 tests, starting with Mark Ingram, J.K. Dobbins, then Lamar Jackson. I mean, everybody on the Ravens was testing positive left and right, and they had to keep pushing the game. The game was originally supposed to be scheduled for Thanksgiving Day, which was last Thursday. However, because of all the positive tests that Baltimore is having, they pushed it back to Sunday. Baltimore kept having more positive tests, so they pushed it to Tuesday. And more positive tests, and they pushed it to Wednesday. Funny enough, they did have a positive test on Tuesday, but they still played the game anyway on Wednesday. Because for those of you that don't know how the NFL is set up, players only get played when they play the games. So if the game gets canceled, postponed, or if something happens where they just don't play the game, players won't get that game check. Now, all of you know that if you're not following COVID-19 protocols that the NFL has set, the team will get fined and will lose a draft pick or draft picks. So I expect in sometime within the near future for a report to come out that the Ravens um, had to pay a fine and were um, had their draft pick taken away from them because that's how it was sent Um, The president was set for Tennessee when they had their outbreak earlier in the season. I feel a little bad for Pittsburgh because they've been inconvenienced twice. But at the end of the day, the players did not agree to a bubble system. So sorry that your life was inconvenienced. But at the end of the day, you are a professional athlete. And with anything that we've learned from 2020, you just have to learn how to adjust on the fly, even if you are the ones that are keeping it close-knit and buttoned up but let's not let their COVID situation go under the radar either it was just a minor one but it was a big part of the um, offense James Conner their running back he had um, a positive COVID-19 test so he did not play last night Um, and they probably would have needed him because that game last night was very hard to watch I don't even know what I was watching Um, it was bad bad football in the beginning 
um, turnover, turnover after turnover. It, it was just really bad to watch. The final score of the game ended up being really close, actually. I believe it was 19-15. But the Steelers should not have let that game even be that close or even just let it get to that point where you only scored 19 points. I mean, I'm going to give Baltimore a lot of credit that their defense did show up. But as depleted as they were, and they were on their second and third string quarterback because RG3 actually started the game, pulled the hamstring, and then Trace McSworley came into the game and took over after RG3 was hurt. So that just tells you how bad it's been for Baltimore. Um, I don't even know, man. I mean, I think the NFL has been dropping the ball in this COVID thing. I'll give them credit. They made it through 12 weeks of football without having to postpone games to week 18. But there's just been some games this season. I'm just like, can we play this at another time? But I understand their perspective of it because, like I said, players won't get played. Players won't get paid if they don't play those games. And then also the NFL is not going to move one game to week 18 just because, especially since the game may not even have any significance when that time comes. So for them to move back Steelers-Ravens and the Ravens is out of it at that point and say Pittsburgh locked up the number one seed, what good is that going to do for them to just play a meaningless game other than just all the backups and the third and fourth stringers will just play. But... It's just one of those things where it's like now you got to have teams travel and you just don't want that. We're still in the midst of a pandemic. The faster you can get these games out the way, the quicker you get them done, the better it is for everybody. So I understand from that perspective. But I do think that the NFL, for the most part, um, does have to clean up a little bit in terms of how they go about their COVID protocol day to day. They have made some improvements, but let's get this testing down packed. Let's have stuff come back to you within minutes or hours, not days. Overall, I think the NFL has done what it had to do. They're basically punching this virus in the face, and they're just going through it. So we'll see how this goes. Um, but the virus has not just affected the Ravens and the Steelers. The 49ers, they can't even play at their home stadium um, because Santa Clara County out in California said no contact sports will be played for the next three weeks which means that the 49ers have two home games coming up and they have to find a new home. And their new home is now the same home that their rivals share, the Arizona Cardinals. So they'll be playing their next two home games out in Arizona. Um, they'll be practicing out in Glendale, Arizona as well. So essentially, the 49ers are gonna be living in Arizona for essentially for the next month. And if somehow they make the playoffs possibly longer, as long as Santa Clara has that rule in place of no contact sports being played. So we'll see how that goes for them. Um, and while we're keeping it out west, the 49ers did come off a very impressive win over the LA Rams. And a lot of chatter after the game should, should um, Jared Goff be benched? I mean, I don't even know why this is a topic of conversation. From what I heard yesterday, who's backing up Jared Goff? I was listening to a couple of shows yesterday, and they named Jared Goff's backups. They're dudes you never heard of before. One dude was playing in the AFL. What are we doing here? 
Jared Goff is fine. Sometimes there are just some teams that have your number. It is what it is. Um, as a player, as an athlete, you do have to try to find a way to fight through it and, and get over the hump. And sometimes you don't. Teams just have your number. Or change it up a little bit. But I also think it's up to the coaching staff that if you know that your particular team has struggled against this team for the better half of however long it is, come up with a different game plan. Come up with a game plan that will help them be better. So if if you are a running team and you're playing against them and they're stopping the run game, pass the ball and vice versa. You gotta come up with new schemes in order to be productive. Even if you're trying to make it a close game. So, and it was a close game. It definitely was a close game. I mean, the Rams shouldn't have lost to Nick Mullins, but they are well coached. I mean, this team was just in the Super Bowl last year. The Rams was in the Super Bowl two years prior. So I'm not going to sit here and knock on them for having a bad game. But I'm just saying that Nick Mullins is not Jimmy Garoppolo. So let's not get it twisted here. He could have done a lot better, but it is what it is. But it's going to be interesting. And the Seahawks just basically tore the hearts out of out of the Eagles. I, sometimes I laugh at these things because I'm just like, wow. I mean, the NFC West is definitely a division to, to not play with. But the Seahawks took care of business. They went to Philadelphia, flew across the country, and they did what they had to do. They beat the Eagles, and now the Eagles are left with a whole bunch of question marks. From the Seahawks end, their defense finally showed up. So let's see if, you know, trading your assets to get Jamal Adams and all the guys that you have on the defensive line. Let's see if it's going to pay off for you come postseason time. But as for the Eagles, they're a mess. They haven't been the same team since they won the Super Bowl in 2017. They had the whole build the statue outside for Nick Foles thing. And then they had Nick Foles play over Carson Wentz at times. And Wentz got hurt a lot. And then they drafted Jalen Hurts in the second round when they should have probably drafted a receiver to help give Carson Wentz more weapons. I mean, it's just it's just been a disaster. I don't know what their issue is, but they haven't been good. Um, and they're they're not good in a in a division that's not good. I mean, as crazy as it sounds, the Eagles are three seven and one. They're only a half game out of first place in the NFC least. Yes, the NFC least. Because right now who's leading that division is none other than the New York Giants who about five weeks ago had a 2% chance of winning the division. They were one in seven, and here they are. So anything can happen if teams continue to stay together and just continue to work hard and just know that they're gonna do everything they can to be better as a team overall. So um, no surprise there. The reason why they're in first place is because of the fact that they had the tiebreaker over the Washington football team. They beat Washington twice this season, so that has helped them overall with their divisional record. And if for some reason, if the season ends in a tie um, with the two teams, I believe that the Giants would win the division um, just because they have the tiebreaker over them. But there's still about five more games of football left to be played this month, so we'll see how everything shapes out. The Cowboys are still not out of it, even though they're in last place. So we'll see how, how all this turns out. But Philadelphia got to get it together because they're still the most talented team in the division. 
Daniel Jones right now is down with injury. He pulled his hamstring. So this is the Eagles' opportunity if they're going to do it. Um, but what a story that would be. A team that was 1-7 and seven made the playoffs, but, I mean, they're not going to have a winning record. They're going to be, like, what, 6-10 and 10 and make the playoffs, and that'll be a disgrace on its own. But the fact that somebody from each division has to make the playoffs, you just got to... You got to do what you got to do at this point. But we'll see. We'll, we'll continue to keep track of the NFC lease as things continue to progress. And we'll give you more of an update on Daniel Jones' status within the weeks to come. But I don't think that he's going to play against Seattle this weekend. I wouldn't either. Let him play next week and be a little bit more healthier. Um, but overall, the NFL season is still progressing forward. They're not letting anything stop them. Uh, Tampa Bay just looked lost but they're 75 and, and to be honest for them to be a new team and be 75 I'm actually impressed I mean I think the turnovers can come down a little bit but that's on Bruce Aries with his no risk and no biscuit tactic I mean this also makes me feel that Jameis Winston got the short end of the stick because Yes, Jameis Winston does turn the ball over, and a lot of it is not because of Bruce Aries, but I think the system that he was in with Bruce Aries did not allow him to not turn the ball over. It didn't allow him to protect the ball because there's no reason why Tom Brady at 43 years of age should be throwing the ball 40 times a game. Like, use your running game. You got two really good running backs. Use them. You got wide receivers galore. Use your weapons to the best of your ability. Not sit here and try to force everything as a deep pass. But that's just Bruce Arias. Sometimes people got to learn how to change or adapt. And Bruce Arias has yet to learn how to do that. So it is what it is. But the NFL is just continuing to chuck along, man. It's just continuing to chuck along. The Texans ended up winning last week on Thanksgiving Day. The Lions ended up firing their head coach and their general manager. So it's just it's just been a whole mess with this NFL season from COVID to coaches getting fired, GMs getting fired. I believe the Jacksonville Jaguars let go of their GM. Their coach is probably next because they're like, what, 1-9, 1-10 at this point. I mean, it's, it's, just, it's just a real disaster. Um, so there's going to be a lot of turnover at the end of this season, but we'll be here to break it all down for you. Best believe it. So let's hop into my favorite sport, which is basketball. The NBA will be back December 22nd, opening night, Clippers, Lakers. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. The Christmas Day games is going to be something to see as well. Their Christmas Day schedule is as follows. You have the Pelicans playing, so Zion is going to get some national TV time on Christmas Day, which is good for him. Some people don't like that. They feel like the league is trying to force Zion down our throats. Me personally, I just feel like he's a star. And with him being a star, you got to put your stars on TV. So we got Pelicans Heat. You got Warriors Bucks. You got Nets, Celtics. That'll be a good game because Kyrie goes back to Boston and plays against the team that he left in free agency. That game's at five. You got the Mavericks and the Lakers. So Luka's going to come to LeBron's house and play the Lakers out in L.A. So that'll be a really good game. I do not believe that Porzingis will be ready for that game. 
but we will wait and see. And then we have the Clippers and the Nuggets to round out your Christmas Day games. So I know, like, why is Giannis playing the Warriors at 2.30? Well, it's Christmas Day, so most people are home anyway. So it's not like there's going to be a game that may have lower ratings than another game. Um, maybe the 12 o'clock game may have the lowest ratings just because it's 12 o'clock. But I think for the most part, the rest of the games are pretty good. But no surprise, no Rockets this year. We'll get into them a little bit. No Rockets, no Portland, no Utah Jazz. So there were some teams that were left off of this Christmas Day um, slate of games that probably should have been up there. But they added the Mavericks, which I think was well-deserved because Luka's a star. They added the Pelicans because of the Zion factor. Obviously, no John Morant yet, but he's the only star in Memphis. So, I mean, he's not as big as Zion just yet, although I think he's a better player at this point. But it's going to take a while for Memphis to get on TV for for that stuff. But um, in my opinion, um, these Christmas Day games are going to be really, really good. I can't wait to see how they all play out. The reason why the league didn't put the Rockets on Christmas Day is because they know that the Rockets were trying to trade their two-star players. They knew it. They knew that they were trying to trade their two-star players. And what am I going to watch on Christmas Day? It, uh, James Harden and Russell Westbrook. Westbrook just got traded last night. So for those of you that don't know, breaking news. Houston sent Russell Westbrook to the Washington Wizards in exchange for John Wall. Essentially, it was just an exchange of max contracts that basically was not going to work out at this point. So, yeah, so that's what ended up happening um, overall. I mean, in the short term, to be honest, I don't even think any team really won this trade because I feel like Wall and Westbrook are essentially similar players. They both are not very good shooters. They both rely on their speed. Um, and we haven't seen Wall play in two years. So I don't know what to really expect from him. At least for Westbrook, I know like right now, um, I know what he's gonna bring to the table, um, even though he has an injury, injury history as well. But for me, um, I guess the only thing I would say is that maybe Houston won the trade because they got back a first round pick with John Wall. And on top of that, John Wall, I believe, is like two, three years younger than Westbrook. So maybe he'll age better. And at least by the time John Wall's contract is up, he'll be like, what, 33? So it's okay at that point. Whereas Westbrook will be like, what, 35 by the time his contract is up. So it's like, there's a lot that goes into it. But hey, they both, both players wanted a divorce from the team that they was on, and they're going to get it. Um, what does this mean for James Harden staying in Houston? I don't know. I think James Harden's days in Houston, I don't think they're numbered just yet, but the Rockets offseason moves didn't give you any indication that they were trying to make another run with him to win the title. They definitely, <laughs> they definitely um, didn't do themselves any due justice by signing Christian Wood in the offseason. Not knocking him. Maybe he's a good player to come off the bench, but... Um, you needed to put different players around James Harden for sure, I would say. 
They signed DeMarcus Cousins, but at this point, DeMarcus Cousins has not been the same since he ruptured his Achilles when he was traded to the Pelicans from the Kings. So we'll see how that all plays out for him. Um, but I don't know. I don't know what these teams are trying to do. It was literally just a trade of bad contracts, and they're trying to just figure it out. And I called this a couple weeks ago on Twitter. I was like, the only way that you could trade Westbrook and essentially get equal value is probably just trading him for John Wall. Because I was like, their contracts match up. Because you're not going to trade Chris Paul for Westbrook again. Like, we just did that. Um, so, that's just my opinion. But we'll see how this all works out. We'll see what they decide to do moving forward with James Harden. Um, two destinations that come to mind so far is Brooklyn and Philadelphia. I don't think that Brooklyn is very possible. Actually, I don't think it's possible at all for him to go to Brooklyn. I think it just sounds good on paper. But if I'm Houston and I trade James Harden to Brooklyn, Kyrie Irving got to come back in the deal. You're not going to sell me on Spencer Dinwiddie, Karis LeVert, and Jared Allen. No. You're going to send me back Kyrie Irving in the deal along with those guys and picks. Like, that's what we're doing here. If you send him to Philly, then obviously you want Ben Simmons back. But then, like I said, then it begs to differ what what are you going to do about John Wall? Because if you trade James Harden for another point guard, then it's like, okay, you got Irving and Wall. How does that work? Okay, you got Simmons and Wall. How does that work? So that's why I feel like this deal for the Rockets didn't really do them any justice because now I feel like it's going to be harder to trade James Harden away for those guys that I just said because you're going to be bringing back a point guard and you have Wall there and unless Wall plays really well and returns to all-star form you're not going to be able to move his contract it is not so at the end of the day we'll see how this all turns out um outside of that is there any other news that needs to be talked about let me stop. So LeBron re-upped with the Lakers. He signed a two-year max extension worth $85 million. And his deal allowed Anthony Davis to re-sign at a max five-year $190 million. So yeah, the Lakers got their dynamic duo for the next three years at least. LeBron will be in LA for at least the next three seasons. Anthony Davis will be there for at least the next four because he does have a player option um, in the fifth year of his contract. So we'll see how that works out. But I think I think the Lakers are going to repeat. I think the Lakers really did a lot of good things this offseason in terms of restructuring their roster and everything. And I think they are in prime position to really, really make another run or two. And I think LeBron getting six rings is very possible. And if he gets six rings, I don't want to hear nobody say, oh, he's not the GOAT. Oh, he's not this. Oh, Michael never lost in the finals. Okay, you're right. Michael never lost in the finals, but Michael also didn't go to 15 finals. I'm just adding on. But I'm just saying he never went to that many finals. You know, he only went to six and he won six. And that's great to have a 100% or 1,000% winning percentage in the finals. That's great. But I think also it means something to also go to those finals as well. Even if you lose them, you were there. Like, you were a runner-up. So, 
I know people don't like hearing second fiddle, but it means something to me. It means something. So overall, I just think that if LeBron gets six, I think we need to settle this GOAT conversation. I think we need to let LeBron be considered the GOAT if he gets six, especially if he gets seven. If he somehow gets seven, then y'all need to just crown him, leave him alone, and that's it. But I think I think six can be very doable if he's able to play at this level for the next two, three years. And also in three years, his son, Bronny, will graduate from high school. So knowing that his son is graduating from high school, does LeBron want to stay in the league for another year and possibly try to play side by side with his son? We'll see. He's talked about it. He hasn't shied away from it. Um, you might say, well, what about the one and done thing? Well, the NBA is saying that they want to have that rule abolished by the 2022-2023 season. So next season will be the last year of one and dones. And then after that, kids can start coming out of high school and going into the NBA again. So we'll see how that works. Um, but that'll be really interesting. So I think this NBA season is going to be a very interesting one indeed. Um, a lot of movement, a lot of moving parts, and I can't wait to see it all happen starting December 22nd. Preseason games will be starting next week, so I'm super excited. Um, I don't expect nothing from my Knicks, but we'll just watch just to see how things go. New coach, few new players, new front office. So we'll see what this team looks like. Um, the Nets will be interesting now that KD is back. Kyrie should be healthy, so we'll see. Everybody has gotten somewhat better or there's something new about their team. So the Hornets are going to be interesting with Gordon Hayward now. And one little side note, I know a lot of people may not really care too much, but LeAngelo Ball, who is the middle brother to Lonzo Ball and LaMelo Ball, signed a one-year non-guaranteed contract with the Detroit Pistons. So LeVar got all three of his boys into the NBA. So kudos to LeVar Ball for really speaking it into existence. Kudos for LiAngelo for never giving up on his dream to get into the NBA. And we'll see how his NBA career goes. Um, hopefully he can get into some preseason games um, in the weeks to come. Um, definitely I'll try my best to see if I can get a Detroit Pistons um, <laughs> tap wire in to watch the game just to see how he plays. And if he's able to make the roster, that'll be great. Um, just to see him actually play in the NBA and see if he really has the skill sets to match up with these guys because he's a really big physical dude. So he looked like he should be playing football, but he's big. So we'll see how this all turns out. But overall, happy for the Ball Brothers. Happy that the NBA is back. It's almost like it never left. Let's see what happens with football. Baseball had their non-tenders and tenders the other day. A lot of players were released into free agency. Some got tendered. So we'll talk more about that as we head into the winter. But honestly, until next time, guys, your girl's out. So holla at your girl. Yeah.